Justin. Yes, sir. Bro, I brought in the I brought in the big guns today. I had to surprise you. I got Lit Nick. Popping in. What's up? All the way from the <laughs> ATL. I have Ray here. Hi. All, all the way from um, the room, the 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 next room over. Yep. And, and Justin. Okay, guys. Today is a discussion on MJF and the risks of having a cool heel. And I, I don't know about y'all. But when I'm watching MJF right now, I worry about every baby face that's going to come up against him, and we are going to discuss that. It's going to go through different genres of entertainment, and that will be after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. Okay, I don't know about you guys. I'm watching. I'm trying to figure out what on earth we're going to talk about. Everything's weird. I will say this. My life has been completely weird lately. I'm not going to get into details about my traumas. But thank God for pro wrestling. Ray and I had this discussion the other You remember? Uh, Yes. Good call. I, I remember. <laughs> uh, but, but we were It was just like, you know, when, when things go wrong in everything else, wrestling's always kind of there with stuff you can worry about that doesn't matter. Well, and now it's actually good again. <laughs> it's comfort food, man. It's comfort food. What can I say? It is. In a weird way, it is. And you see these people go through things. Some, some of it completely uh, just insane and some of it not so much and you can associate or disassociate however you feel now back to this i'm watching mjf he's running down john moxley he he goes into the bit uh, beautiful that renee was the one there if nothing else having her hired for that one moment was worth the price of admission he's mocking <laughs> he's mocking Mocks his mannerisms. He's mocking the I'll gargle your piss. He's mocking the whole thing. And the crowd, ever since he's come back with the Sympathy for the Devil song, has been on his side. And it boils and it boils and it crescendos. And now they're laughing at Moxley, who's your world champ. And I think they're still on Mox's side. I think this is I think that wrestling fans are different now. They can cheer for both in weird ways. But there oh, is yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just saying a lot of this. I, some of this worry, I think, is is not really relevant in the modern times because people will root for one guy, and then the other guy says something. They'll root for him too. It doesn't. It doesn't so much stop people from, you know, mid match switching switching over. I don't know though because I watch a hangman. And I've seen him go from the hottest thing and he needs to be what's coming to people basically getting off his ship. And it's come from him not getting the better of anybody off the mic. I mean, out of the ring. He had great matches in the ring and we didn't care because he hasn't been, a, he's not bad on the stick. I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying he's dealt with punk, he dealt with. Guys that were really good on the stick. Well, that's not, I, I you know, those things where you got to bring him up. You can't bring them down. Well, that's, we're going to get there. What were you going to say, Ray? I, I, I kind of disagree with 
using Hangman as an example. I feel like a better example would be um, uh, MJF's first feud when he came back, Wheeler Yuta. Uh, who who came up with that idea? Right. Uh, <laughs> you stick a guy. Wheeler Yuta was hot for like. Good thirty minutes, and Wheeler, they poured NJF water on him, and his fire went out. Because we, well, it feels like they switched gears to Daniel Garcia a little bit. They're like, okay, now we're going to focus on him, and he's going to be the cool guy. And when you shift focus that hard, and don't give Yuta any chance to like stand up for himself and defend himself, he, that's when like people start to forget and people start to lose focus and such. I think, Justin, I was just saying, I was watching the match this week when it was Claudio and Yuta versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. There's a lot of Yuta chance, man. I, I'm not saying Yuta's like dead or dead in the water or anything. I'm, I'm just saying... He's not dead, but he isn't where he was. You, you're, you're putting yeah. Yuta, who is a guy that famously can't really talk, against MJF. <laughs> and he was get, Yeah, he was getting mixed reactions in his hometown. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's tough. But anyway, the first time I remember this popping up, uh, in actually, the first time I remember po- this popping up was Darth Vader, to be totally honest. But yes. it also popped up with the NWO, and I remember Booker T kind of famously saying, "I knew we had a problem when the babyface went out, and he got a pop, and the NWO went out, and they got the pop, the real pop." And he said, oh, boy, we got a problem. Because at some point, it becomes hard to tell stories if all your baby faces lose steam when they go up against the bad guy. Well, except for Sting. Well, well no, but the thing is, different bad guys do this differently. Ric Flair, fam- Ric Flair was probably the best because he would go to your town, wrestle your hero, make that guy seem he would be so over the top about how tough he is and yet he would talk about how, yeah, 45 minutes into this, you're going to be tired. You're going to wear down. I'm the greatest thing there is. But he's talking to his opponent as if his opponent is the second greatest thing there is. <laughs> and then he goes to the next town and he sells it the same way. Now, of course, you can't do that with the Internet and all that other stuff like you did then. But he did – the way he ran down his opponent – Worked, and I think that Seth is pretty good at that because he's so his character's so over the top that if I'm into if I'm in something with you, I'm legitimizing you. Here, right? Here's my go. Do you think if Ric Flair and let's let's take away all the things we know about Ric Flair now, and we take Ric Flair back to about 21 years old or 22 years old, and you know put him out there in the WWE? Do you think people would not be eating that guy up? In 2022, he would not be getting boots. He would be getting over like anything. He'd be, you know, hamming it up, doing the strut, and everybody would love it. So, in, in, in what you're trying to say, I think what you're saying is in a lot of ways, he was a cool heel. He was, but in a lot of ways, too, the fan base has changed. Absolutely. For Absolutely, it did. Austin started the pivot, right? NWO started the pivot. Austin piggybacked on that and really drove it. But a guy who I think is famous, and he nobody ever really refers to The Rock as a golden shovel guy, right? Dude. <laughs> but a lot of guys, Lance Storm. Uh, oh, my God. I mentioned that Lance Storm go ahead. all the time. Didn't, didn't Rock like go out during a Lance Storm match and like go to sleep? 
he right? bar- not only did Rock uh, ba- kind uh, I say ba- I say burial in the way that like Twitter uses burial, where right. it doesn't really mean that much. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I say uh, Rock buried quote unquote Billy Gunn and the King of the Ring tournament in general. Right. Since Rock said no one cares about the King of the Ring, the King of the Ring hasn't really meant anything. Right, and they've been fighting that battle ever since. You know, and th- that's the thing is when you <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> when you are that good, when you are the guy that is the top heel, when you're Roman, you have to be able to elevate not only the people around you, but the people who are coming to the ring with you. And I think, like the Jake Paul thing, they're trying to do it utilizing Logan Paul. They're trying to do that utilizing all the people around him instead of him. But I do think (laughs) Roman does a pretty good job of making his opponent seem important. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like the whole Logan Paul, this this specific feud is kind of an outlier because it's being... um, it's being uh, advertised as kind of like, oh yeah, Logan's gonna get destroyed, but like, what if? Which right. is a genuine it, question. Genuinely, it, what if? <laughs> yeah, this is the Japanese equiv- Japanese anime equivalent of a filler arc. Yeah, I, I think a really you know how it's gonna end, but they're trying to sell you. Maybe you don't know, but you know. So maybe Frieza's brother could be Goku. Maybe Darth Vader is Luke's father. What if David Arquette comes back? Maybe Luke needs to worry about the way he's looking at Leah, because that's weird, man. That's going to be your sister. Oh. Also, I'm disgusted by the way you you pronounced (laughs) Leia. Yeah. Leia. Leah. Leah. Whatever. The bun. The bun-headed lady. Anyway. Let's move into <laughs> quickly. Okay, I think this is a good comparison. I'm glad you Big said Star what Wars you said. I'm glad you said what you said, Justin, because I didn't get it. Batman's never gonna um, get buried, right? But Heath Ledger in that movie was the movie. It wasn't Batman. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you run the you run the risk of. People rooting for the Joker because, especially now, because nowadays with comic book movies, Nick, you, you tell me if, what you think about this. That we try to make every villain somebody you can kind of sort of identify with, and it kind of turns into well, wait a minute now, Magneto might have a point. Well, that definitely is something that is going around a lot recently, especially with like modern like. I think it might have. I don't think it started with Killmonger, but that that started a trend for sure. Of like, oh, but what if they're right? And Killmonger is an outlier for many reasons, but I do think it's a very dangerous gambit to do that every single time because yes. then you have, well, the bad guy isn't wrong. Why are we fighting him? Oh, like it's like saying, oh, here's my in-depth like in-depth dissertation about why this uh, social issue is a social issue and is wrong, period. But now I'm going to blow up a church. Like, hold on, these two things don't connect. <laughs> and see, that's, that's what ahead. I thought. Uh, but I think that's important. I, I, Nick, you hit on something really important, which is I can have all the great motivation in the world, but if the actions I take about to affect that change 
are unethical, wrong. It it turns me into, you know, every bad guy thinks he's the hero. Yeah. They all think, you know, they think they're doing the good. They think they're the good guy. So they've got to have some reason. I think we had a time there where it was a lot of I'm evil just because I'm evil. And that's boring, too. But you err to the far side of everybody's got a, you know, I can understand. I'll give you one. Dahmer. Everybody's watching. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm happy you brought this up because Nick has another tidbit about it. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. As no. a person who studied psychology, I can understand the reasons he got where he is a lot of the ways. But that doesn't make up yet. The fact that you're lonely, the fact that you neglected, the fact that you had these things in your childhood, yes, that makes me understand why you do these things. But it doesn't excuse what you did. It doesn't excuse how you go about it, doing what you do. I think you can have a fleshed-out villain that you can still recognize is a villain and is bad, and you shouldn't root for him. Yeah, but in that same vein, we've entered this weird phase, I don't know if it's of the internet or something, where you can like show them do horrendous things, but if they have a cool speech or a cool motivation, people will be like, oh, he's the hero. And right. there's no more perfect installation of this issue than Homelander from The Boys for me. Dude is all, he's supposed to be a parody of fascist tendencies. The writer himself said, I based all of his words off of Trump. He's supposed to be a bad person. You're not supposed to root for him. You're supposed to laugh at him. But people related to him. People thought he was great. And there are a bunch of different like villains that have kind of fallen down that line of, I, I was designed to be a parody. People didn't get it. Which is, like, like you want to say, like, JD from Heathers is one of them. Um, Patrick Bateman. Another, Patrick Bateman is a big one. Oh, like, yeah. Was, and, and that's why there is a science kind of beauty to certain villains, which is why Nick's going to now go into his spiel. One of my, my favorite villain, actually, not one of mine, my favorite villain ever written in any movie is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's, oh, because, it's because he nails... The parody of toxic masculinity, similar to the three that we mentioned, your Patrick Batemans, your um, Homelanders, your everything. He nails being a parody of that kind of joke and about like how the saving Prince Charming can be a bit of a jerk. Else as we see if you like amp up certain toxic tendencies. But no one ever wants to be Gaston. There's a joke about how everyone wants to be Gaston, but no one in their right mind actually does. And I, I think it's because it's able to balance this thing out, this kind of Ric Flairism of him being a bit of an oaf. He's a bit of an, like, he's just, like, yeah, he, he has all these, like, oh, uber male things. But then, at the end of the day, he's also someone who can't read. He's also someone who's like, oh, I want the girl. But then just immediately falls flat on his face after a marriage proposal goes wrong. And then he could flip on a dime and be intimidating. It's why Gaston is one of the weirdest antagonists that just works on every level. Almost like, a, in a weird way, because of the way Randy Savage dove into Toxic Mask, not, not the Savage that went face and teamed up, but the way he dives into the Toxic Masculinity, but then turns right around and pulls his old lady in front of him Talk and stuff like that. It, it, it creates this scenario in which... 
you do like Savage because he's so crazy and he is so willing to take these beatings and yet he, he suffers through and he fights the Giants. Flip side being, you can't like that guy. Can we talk about the, the complexities of Bonesaw? The complexities Bonesaw. of Bonesaw. Bonesaw, yes. But going back to the quickly before we pivot back towards wrestling, that was my issue with the Joker movie, right? It's why I always said the Joker movie is a great movie. It's just not a Joker movie. Because they made me uh, understand who the Joker was. And the reality is that the Joker is that one character in history that's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to have affection for. Right? He's, he's, he, he's random yeah. chaos evil. It's a distillation of chaos and insanity to Batman's order, essentially. Correct, correct. Okay, back into wrestling, though. So you know, you know go, who I go. thought of when you thought when you're like, oh, Gaston. Everyone wants to be Gaston, but he's actually kind of an oaf. I yeah, thought but, of I thought of Kurt Angle, kayfabe. Exactly. Of course, Kurt yes. Angle is Gaston. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Because it's like. And I especially think that with, like, the Sean feud, how Kurt kind of has this, like, weird inferiority complex when it comes to other pro wrestlers. Right. Right? Because cause he's an Olympic gold medalist, but he, he he can't, especially with Sean, like, what comes to Sean naturally he doesn't have. Right. Despite being arguably the greatest of all time, he's still not really Sean. And the key here yeah, is that right. they always trying to do suck at him no matter what. Well, the <laughs> other thing with, with the Sean comparison especially is in real life, I kill you. Mm-hmm. And it you know, I'm 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 just as I'm better on the stick probably than you are. I'm better at I'm most funnier. of the stuff, but for I'm... whatever reason, they're never gonna love me like they love you. And I'm also there's a lot of people that say Shawn Michaels is their best match. And they could just as easily say Kurt Angle was their best match. But they don't, do they? And it's probably because he threw them on their heads. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't Because they don't remember the second half of that. <laughs> I think it was really good. but I'm <laughs> like, oh, My ankle's still hurting. Dog. Right. But going back to wrestling, with, with MJF, I really worry, and this is why I wondered, my next question is, because I don't think Mox would ever be in jeopardy of losing the crowd, but I also never thought I would see Mox in a match in AEW where he wasn't the one the crowd wanted to win. Well, I think this, uh, and this is my own thing, and then, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting, but... Go. I, I think what we're seeing is the aftermath of the of his pipe bomb promo. That's when the, all the crowds turned to be with him. Is when he aired his grievances and people started to relate to him. Like there, the MJF is really like obviously fantastic on the mic because he's able to make you understand his point of view. And his point of view isn't innately. And we we're talking about this earlier about like uh, relatable motivations and such. The more he talks about why he does what he does the more you realize, oh, that's, like, and so people just want to root for him because you kind of feel like there's a bit of pity, maybe, or just, like, a thing of, like, oh, I relate to this. I have been there. And there's only one other wrestler who I've seen in the modern age who's been able to do it, and her name's Becky Lynch. Because <laughs> just in a single promo, like, in a single audio promo, just a punch to the face, she got the crowd to rally behind her when she was supposed to be the bad guy. Well, think about it. Think about it. Hangman went there. With the whole, you're not of this company with Punk. 
Hangman went there with a couple of the other guys. You're not of this company. You had the same thing. Eddie did it really, really well against Punk. You were the guy who belittled me. You were the guy that did But none of them touched a chord. And MJF had been heel, nobody likes him, heel, nobody likes him until Punk. And then he was able to paint Punk in a corner of you're what's wrong. We were a company that went and grabbed the next good thing, the next cool thing that was somebody else's cool thing, and you're the epitome of it because we really went all in on you. And ever since that moment, he's been able to get the fans to cheer in his way regardless of his behavior. And that's really pretty neat, and it's a hell of a trick. To pull off. And think about this. When have you ever looked at William Regal and thought that guy is a is a is a cad who happens to be I can't believe he was the he was really the face of, of what was evil in WWE. I know that's not true, but by the time MJF was done talking to Regal the other night, I was like, Oh my God. It was Regal who did all this evil stuff that he when he didn't. You know what I mean? And even when Regal retorted with his with his, you know, I wear this uh, brass knuckles because I like it. Now, it did, it was hollow because he nothing he could have said could have measured up to where MJF had painted him in that corner in that moment. Justin, what you got? Well, I thought it was perfect set set up. I I didn't, you know, I think William Regal's the perfect foil for MJF. You know, right? If you're trying I, to get him over, yeah. Well, that's what you're trying to. Do. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. You're not trying to get William Regal over. Right. William Regal is good, man. He knows his place in the company. You know, he's out there trying to make MJF look good. MJF is the, the, the superstar, and everybody recognizes it right now, I think. Right. And I think they're just giving him moments out there, and you let that guy run with it, he's going he's gonna to show you something special. Right. Now – I don't mind it. I think I think we worry a little bit too much about him being, oh, the, the heel, why everybody's going to be rooting for the heel. Is he a heel anymore? I don't think he's going to be in like a couple weeks. I, the he, heel now, he, he's definitely moved the, the mark. Here's my thing. If you lose him as a heel, you've lost what made your company special. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's where they're going. That's I, my I question. Know. It's possible, but it's also possible he'll be just as good as whatever, you know, whatever tweener you let him. Because is it him as a heel or him? He was literally the only thing like him in pro wrestling. He was like him in pro wrestling. Mm, If he goes face, it's different. If he goes face, it affects every other wrestler in the company. As to where they can go, because you can't lift them with a face like you can with a heel. Yeah, that was it. I was gonna say, like, I feel like you mean there's no Ric Flair of AEW once you take him away. I mean, I, I, I honestly, dude, Ric Flair. Even when I was ten years old, I rooted for Ric Flair. So as much as I would never have rooted for MJF the first year, two years, three, up until that promo. And everybody he got in the ring with, no matter how I felt about him, I suddenly rooted for him because MJF would get me into that place where I absolutely wanted that man to to feel pain. And no other wrestler 
in the world right now can do that for me. And yet here we are. If he goes face, what what guy you don't you can't replace that. And here's my question because if you want that cuz MJF isn't at risk here. MJF can be the greatest thing in all of pro wrestling as a babyface. That's not in question. But or to me it's not. The question is how does it affect the rest of your company? What's best for the overall product? And I don't know that it really matters cuz they're going to do this is you know nitpicking whatever. But so the real question is, what do you do next? Do you, because he just had his faction beat up on him and he fired them all. Okay, you can ride that out and he can be Mox and he can be this uh, anti-hero type guy going forward and, and run with it. Or you can have them help him and do the classic Tony Khan swerve, not a swerve. And then you're probably getting back into heel mode a little bit. Or do you do the Austin thing and have him not go over and have to climb back up? Or do you do the Austin thing? And would the modern fan even accept that? Go ahead. No, I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a, or would you do the Austin thing where um, MJF uh, makes a deal with Tony Khan what do you think, Justin? Do you do you pull the trigger right now? Put MJF on top. I think I think the thing that people forget is that sometimes you don't have a choice about what you're going to do. The fans want to root for him. Now you can go out there and you can come up with a scenario that makes the fans hate him again. But well, how many of those do you lose in that? Like, I was really into this character. I was really having fun with this. This guy had me in the palm of his hand, and now you want me to boo him again, and it feels forced. Like, Vince McMahon trying to force me to root for Roman Reigns, you trying to force me for, you know. I think a lot of the modern wrestling problem is that when the company tries to force something and doesn't read the fan base, you know, the best musicians play to the crowd in front of them. Every concert's going to be different. You know, right? I don't. When you're in a moment like that, and you've got everybody wanting to cheer for this guy, you're already in the situation you're in. You never should have let him make that promo if you didn't want it to be this way. Yeah, right. I think the only way, like that's that's something that worries me. If you if you have Mox go over, that Moxley will become Roman Reigns. I feel like that's it's very possible. Wow, I don't think that that's not true at all. I don't think I, 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 I see it happening. I heavily, I heavily disagree. I, I, I disagree with that heavily. I, I feel like Roman's issue is that he felt miscast. Roman's issue was that he felt like a he felt more of a product than a human. They he he would slay every beast immediately. They changed his eye color. They made him wear blue eye contact. <laughs> Like, because that, that man wasn't gorgeous enough. <laughs> like, what? oh my god, I want to tell you something. Can I admit something yeah. that's really horrible to admit? What? Rome, you know, Roman uses his hands a lot, and if you, it, we're not going to get into this, but if you saw SmackDown, if you didn't, the Sammy Zayn, OC, yes, everything with that. It was so beautiful, and the way they all cracked was so great, and only Sammy could have done that. But Roman does these things with his hands, and I'm looking at his hands, and I have hands that are horrible, by the way. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, dude, that guy has nothing on him that isn't perfect. 
His fingernails are perfect. His fingers are perfect. Like the dude, it's disgusting that that guy exists in a in a world of people like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's gross. And, and I like, get what you're talking about. Also, like I don't think and Roman he would constantly like he uh the big issue, Royal Rumble 2015. The moment where everyone knew, oh, Roman's Roman it fundamentally as a product does not work. Right. Was when they introduced because everybody was like, oh, there's not another option than Roman. Because everybody else going into that WrestleMania was injured. Right. Or, no, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> I got, I got, I got uh, years mixed up. I don't know. Roman invented a lot. But, like, there was no other option than Roman until Daniel Bryan came back from injury. Right. And everyone was like, oh, Daniel's going to win. Of right. course. And then Daniel lost immediately <laughs> and then and then they just expected them to get over Daniel Bryan right. losing which and go, then, which goes back to Justin's point of yeah. they didn't do what they should have done now to tell riddle me this though you know how they held off on Austin for a while and I think that's the blueprint of this style of thing right they held off on Austin for a while and the crowd just got so fever pitched when he finally got over with Sean to your point, I do think it hurts Mox. I don't know that it kills him, but I do think it hurts Mox a little bit if he goes over here, maybe not long-term, before a second, right? Um, I trust Mox to be able to get himself out of anything they paint him into at some oh, yeah. point. He's the, he's the best. I don't. I think you're right, Justin. I don't think it's a question at all, Justin. I think you're right. I don't think a modern audience is going to accept anything other than MJF going over. I don't think you'll lose yeah. fans, by the way. I don't think that's a risk. I think that right now, WWE and AEW basically are going to sit where they sit, regardless of what you do. But I do think it it alienate your product over a long term can do that to you. But over short term, I don't think, you know. I, I just watch the ratings and see how they just stay the same every week. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is people say it's a big deal, but it's not like it's, it's, it's literally. Well, it's a big deal. It stirs me. It stirs you guys, guys, right? Guys, what if Logan goes over? What if Logan goes over? We're not even gonna humor that. What? No, uh, no, no. We got, we got no, no. Uh, Justin, you look like you wanted to say something. You talk about a guy that they're trying to put over. I love Logan Paul walking out there, and you're supposed to be like, cheer, like, like they're acting like people will cheer for Logan Paul. You know, <laughs> dude's cool. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lean into that guy. Make him a bad they, guy. Did you hear that uh, that prep that press conference where he's like, "You say you're the head of the table. I am the table." And he My posted. Thing is and he posted something are. on Twitter that was like, "Dude, I just call myself a table." <laughs> <laughs> who, who does? That? <laughs> who does that, man? <laughs> and if you would like to have coffee sitting around I, me, it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> around me. Oh, and Roman me. was like, "Fleet me with her. Ooh, fleet me with her. Fleet me with her and eat around." <laughs> Superman punch. Send them home unhappy. Uh, so, so but like, okay, do, okay. Do I'll we? Tell you what, we've we've gone. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask another question, but go, go ahead. Since our podcast is called Go Home Heat, do we think like what? How do we generally feel about the idea of Go Home Heat? I I feel like it. <laughs> I don't think a real heel can have 
go home heat. I think if the fans would chill, like Corbin was the one we, we initiated the term for, right? The, mm-hmm. We bought into this because of Baron Corbin when, on this podcast. Go ahead. When I think of go home heat, right, I think of uh, Michael Cole in like 2010. Oh yeah, that was definitely yeah. When he when he was uh, all all about the Miz, right? And and technically, or that it it, it, it starts it computer. starts it starts, a gen, it starts a genuine with with the computer with the anonymous Raw general manager. I think of Michael Cole uh, beating up Jerry Lawler at the WrestleMania you were at. You saw that live, yeah, baby. I Classic. saw that live. I did. He kissed yes. a foot. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, when I think of that, like. Do we do we respect a heel? Because at the same time, you know, CM Punk, he was doing the whole straight edge society thing. We respected Punk. We we kind of wanted Punk to be on our screen, right? Absolutely. When when he was doing the whole straight edge society thing, and when we think about that, technically, there wasn't a better heel in the company than Michael Cole. I wanted to see somebody beat up Michael Cole like no one else. Probably. Hey, the problem with go the difference between go home heat and, and real heel heat is that they give you the payoff a lot of the time with a real deal. Right, with the go heat guy, they just keep skating and it just with yeah, and, and that was the, and that was the thing with with Michael Cole. They never gave us. I feel like the real go home heat isn't heat at all. It's when they do nothing. Yeah, they just. Uh, I'll tell you, it was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> like to me, Sammy like the podcast go home heat. The worst now. kind of heats. Who? Heat. Sammy Guevara and Ty Godly, they are wow, dude. And I think that's fair because I don't even want to watch him wrestle anymore. I do not wish to watch the product when he is there. But what's crazy is he's fantastic at wrestling. How do you do something? How do you misplay something that much? When you have a guy, you know, born, Cody, decent looking, you know, like you said, Cody, Cody Rhodes went out on his back for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes didn't go out on his back for nobody. Gave him, gave you. <laughs> he burned his back for Andrade. <laughs> he did burn you, his back. Right, right, right. Gave you arguably the best singles ladder match, at least in the last 10 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. Le- said, I'm leaving, you know, left the company. Losing a ladder match to that dude, he is set up for superstardom, and all they did was go, let him go be himself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how sometimes you go out there and you be yourself, and that's how you get over? No, Sammy Guevara needs to be somebody else. Right. <laughs> right. You that's give that man an NXT script. <laughs> that that that's the kind of thing where somebody backstage looks at Tony and goes, "Well, maybe Vince is right. Maybe we should, you know, over- overwrite these promos." <laughs> <laughs> For this guy. Hey guys, let's wrap this, okay? Yeah. MJF needs to go over. Is that what we're saying? MJF needs to go over. So. Okay, and he or, needs to or interference to stop him from going over. But does that's what I was saying. That's how um if you want to go on this road, that would be the Austin route to me, right? Is yeah. the guy the guys he fired come stop him from going over and then he fights through them and you build this incredible out of a heel, I, you build probably. this incredible face. What? I, that's the best route for me. That right there is because you've got a clear video game leveling structure here that he can go through to become super MJF. You right. know, the last guy being the big seven-footer, because you can't teach that. But you right. got Ethan Page in there he can have matches with. 
come on, man. And you, I feel, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But also, I would say that I, I would see it happening if Moxley also wasn't part of the Blackpool Combat Club, because I feel like there would be a thing where, like, the firm shows up and the the Combat Club shows up to stop the firm. I can see that, even though MJF has said, you know, piss on you, Regal. I just see that also happening. I don't know. Well, here's that's that. my thing. Of like, that's the one thing that would stop that from happening. I think there's always chaos. Yes. Well, the Combat Club is kind of, kind of is kind of erupting a little bit. Well, right? here's yeah. Here's one thing you could do too, if you were to go. You're right. This is a quick fantasy book to to start to back MJF up and give him two more months or three more months before he winds up going over over as the champ and you want to get him into something with that other faction you end your you end your pay-per-view 4 minutes early after they pull those guys apart Mox grabs the microphone he starts screaming about how he wasn't cool with that there needed to be a real winner that was a great fight and then somebody jumps Mox and you go running into Mox into a different program, which allows for MJF to have to start over and gives Mox an excuse to not give him a rematch, right? And you, you can go. you can do that. And I think it works that way if you want to keep it that way. Guys, I had a great time. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Always have a good time. Oh man. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Justin. Y'all have a great, great evening. And for you guys at home, check out. Our friends at the Daily Smart, check out our friends at the Gin Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Nick. I have nothing about home. <coughs> oh, whoa. Well, you can cover the mic, bro. That's crazy. Go. Okay. Later, guys. Later.